All right, here we go now with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Happy Hump Day. Yeah, same to you. All right, let's talk about the uh, the, the story that is taking over the legislature right now and the, the Royal BC Museum announcement out of the blue last week, a billion bucks for a new museum. Where are we at with this now? Do you see any indication the government's weakening in its resolve on this project here, given the backlash? I don't know about weakening. I think they're somewhat frantic about this. I don't think they anticipated the backlash. I don't think they anticipated the the skepticism and and dubiousness attached to this to the public. Again, yesterday the Times called us entire page of letters denouncing this project, asking readers if does anybody out there support it? Please write us. I think they <laughs> they found three people today uh, who actually published letters in support of of this project. But no, this is. Uh, I think they seriously screwed up here. They did not sort of soften everyone up for this. They didn't make the case that this was needed. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a prominent former NDP cabinet minister phoned me yesterday morning saying, what the heck's going on over there? He said, where, where, is, the, where is the case for this? Where, where is the artist's rendition of the, of the building? Where are the plans? Where is the business case? Where is the economics? Where are the numbers? None of that is available. Melanie Mark, the tourism minister in charge of this yesterday, under fire from the liberals, uh, said the business case is being worked on. Which strikes me as odd that you've already attached a dollar figure to this before you have the business case completed, a seven hundred eighty-seven million dollars minimum. Uh, I got the impression she was trying to say that they've got the business case in hand, but they're busy redacting it for public release. You know, they 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 want to blot uh, blank some parts of it out. A lot of work yeah. uh, should have been done before they went public with this thing. Right, should I mean, have been ready to go or uh, present a plan. Have a news conference. Say we're going to replace the museum. Okay. Fine. You don't have to give all the details at that particular point, but they provided a dollar number, yeah, which has got everybody weird. going, and the, and eight years yeah. to, to complete this thing, yeah. which again has struck everybody as extraordinary. So I think this is the biggest misstep of the NDP since it came to power in 2017. I think you could be right. And normally of a project of this scale, and I had Todd Stone, the liberal MLA on earlier, who said that he called it the the most expensive museum in Canadian history mm -hmm. is what the Liberals are calling it now. Now, if you talk about a, a project of that scale, normally you'd kind of float a few trial balloons on it. You'd have some public consultation, some yep. process, just to sort of gauge public reaction and appetite. None of that happened. Not just spring it on the public and say, this is what we're doing. Particularly, it, it gets the all-time bad timing award, too. At a time when the affordability question is at an all-time high, you know, extraordinarily high gas prices, which has a corresponding impact on food prices, You've got ongoing housing uh, crises, all these issues at the fore, and it, it just gives the BC Liberals a total gift to frame $800 million for a museum. Gee, what else could we spend $800 million on? And I think people would find a host of things to spend money on that would help people rather than an expensive do-over of a museum that relatively few British Columbians will ever visit. Yeah. Okay. The Liberals are obviously dining out on oh, this. I mean, this is leafly. like manna from heaven for them. So the, once again, I'm sure the government will get roasted on this once again today. Let me play a clip here for you from Mike Farnworth, uh, the Solicitor General here, pushing back against the new Liberal leader, Kevin Falcon, who, by the way, has said he will cancel this museum. He has also said he would cancel the new Massey Tunnel that the government is building. And here was Mike Farnworth's comeback on that. Have a listen to this. If we have it. Leader, uh, the, the first one there, Tim. 
All we have heard is he's going to cancel a museum. He's going to cancel a tunnel. I never thought someone who was the best buddy of Maxime Bernier would suddenly now become the leader of cancel culture. Okay, he says, yeah, Falcon's now the leader of cancel culture. He made a reference to Maxime Bernier whom uh, Falcon at one point supported for yes. the Conservative Party leadership. And the NDP like to remind people oh, of that. Oh, NDP will drag that out uh, yeah. as, as often as possible. It's interesting, Falcon's uh, vow to cancel the tunnel. I think he's on shakier ground on that one than it is canceling the museum. I mean, I think the mayors support the tunnel. Uh, the Liberals lost three seats in Richmond. Richmond does not support the bridge. And I think he's on shakier ground. And I, he goes back to when he was transportation minister. He... Famously completed the Canada line over the objections of a couple of mayors in the Fraser Valley. Yes. And he went over their heads and said, no, we're going to build it. And he trotted that out again yesterday as a, as another success story that he's going to apply to this situation. But I think this is a completely different situation. This the, the, the horse has left the barn here. People are, I think, fed up with the debate bridge versus tunnel. The bridge would have to go back through the new environmental approval, approval uh, process. It would take even longer to build the bridge than to build the tunnel. So I think, uh, again, this is uh, a shakier political ground for Kevin Falcon than merely cancelling the museum. Okay, well, I've talked to Falcon extensively about this issue on the show. So here's what he had to say about the Massey Tunnel. Now, remember, the NDP cancelled the Liberals' 10-lane bridge mm -hmm. to replace the chronically congested Massey Tunnel. They then announced they would build a new, wider tunnel instead. Falcon now is saying he would, <laughs> he would cancel that, go back to Plan A, of the bridge start from zero here's falcon on it they want to do this crazy idea with the tunnel they're going to be stuck in the environmental assessment process for the next five years nothing will have gotten done that's why i'm going to go back to the bridge idea we can dust off the old plans update them and get that thing built okay you're not buying that no because the bridge has to go back the, the environmental approval assessment process has changed since that one was uh, approved so it would have to go back to but it already it already zero. went through an environmental yeah, it has assessment. to go through, it has to go through a different one they got to do it again do it again so it's uh, again but that's that's just one of the, one of the obstacles here I just think uh, the public seems to have moved on on this year they just want something done now and I think the, the tunnel is ahead of the bridge in terms of uh, completion but again uh, Richmond doesn't want the bridge. And the NDP lost three seats there, or the yeah. uh, the uh, the Liberals lost three seats there. NDP, a historic breakthrough of winning there. The Liberals aren't going to hold power in this party unless they can hold Richmond. Right, and Malcolm Brody pushing back on it yesterday. So the mayor of Richmond is a firm opponent of, of Falcon's idea, as are other mayors in the region. So that's they don't want the bridge. They, they what they say it's a they, uh, Brody called it a, a monstrosity yesterday to build. This yeah, bridge. he trotted out the photos uh, associated with it. Not just a bridge; it's all the all the clover leaves that go yeah, with it, and all that interchanges that would completely obliterate Richmond neighborhoods. So. Uh, you, the liberals can kiss goodbye those seats in Richmond if uh, they want to go back so? to the bridge idea. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll see what people have to say about that one on the open line. Hey, here's another one we've been following here, and that is the fate of Jason Kenney, mm -hmm. the Alberta Premier, who is now facing a leadership review by members of his own party. The votes are in, the votes are being counted, it will be announced later today. Do you think Kenney survives here? I think he's going to survive in terms of a majority, but the question is, can he survive if he has a low uh, victory margin here? If he gets 53% or 58%, is that enough to, to hang on realistically? Uh, or does that just empower his opponents? Joe Clark, the uh, remember the leader of the Conservatives, got 77% in a leadership review and decided that wasn't enough to be able to hang on realistically in terms of, of power. And he, and he went to a leadership convention and lost to Brian Mulroney, a convention I covered, by the way. 
Um, so again, the number is, there's two ways of looking at it. 50 plus one is enough to technically win. But politically, what is the number he needs? I would suggest it's a lot higher than that. So legally or technically, he just needs a bare majority yep. to hang on here. But if it's a very slight majority, you know, if half the party, if almost half the party is against him. Yeah, if, if he comes out of this with 55%, that's just going to empower his opponents to say, oh, you know, blood's in the water here. Yep. Uh, and then they'll keep going to get rid of him. He needs a higher number than that. Right, and he's got people in his own party angling against him and looking to replace him. Oh, as, yeah, no, as he's, party got, he's got serious defections and, uh, and a backlash within his own party. You've, and you've also got, um, you know, competitive. Brian Jean is sitting out there in the weeds, yeah. wanting to take over. Rachel Notley of the NDP is looking very happy right now. She sees a potential split on that side of the political mm -hmm. spectrum. Um, yeah. So it's, it's going to be fast. We should get the results later this afternoon. Yeah, and Kenny has really been championing Alberta oil. Just going back to his... You know, his best issue is just uh, promoting the oil patch. And he was in Washington, D.C. this week speaking to members of the U.S. Congress saying buy Alberta mm -hmm. oil. He's been on he's been out there pressuring Trudeau to build more pipelines, buy sell more Alberta oil. So I guess appealing to the uh, grassroots of his party. He does, but he sounds increasingly desperate because he's throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. And so far, he's just not improving his standing. So what's your prediction polls. on it? You think he hangs on or no? Well, I think he hangs on with with a fifty small plus majority, what, a small majority yeah. but I don't think that's enough realistically to hang on uh, permanently. All right, welcome back, Baldry's beat. Lots of calls. Let's go right to them, Dave and Mission. Hi, Dave. Go ahead. Oh, hey, Mike. Hey, Keith. Um, the point I have to make here is, you know, all these vanity projects. And full disclosure, I'm no fan of the NDP, but it doesn't matter whether it's NDP or Liberal or what political stripe it is. I want to see fiscal responsibility as a as a legacy for some of the for par, i don't care what party it is instead of having a project where some guy puffs out his chest and later on in life says i built this look at what i've done yeah i mean uh, some people have called this a vanity project for john horgan he's a victoria area mla this is in his backyard your thoughts yeah, no, that's what the criticism is, is that uh, this is seen as a vanity project. Now, it's going to be eight years, uh, according to the government, to, to build this thing. So a lot of things can happen in eight years. But I think the, the caller's point also about the fiscal um, responsibility here, and this is what's lacking. It's I've never seen a mega project, and this is basically a mega project, announced with no details Yeah, other than the dollar figure. Yeah. Like, there's no business case. There's no reason to suggest why it would cost this. Uh, there's no designs. There's no, there's, there's nothing to hang on to here other than a hate, what seemed to be a hastily cobbled together Friday afternoon news conference. And I've had former NDP ministers phone me saying, what the heck's going on over there with this thing? This is not how it was handled in other instances. If, again, you go back to the Sightsee Dam. It was years of, of consultation, hearings, softening up the public, getting input on all sorts of things before Open this. Open houses and yeah, meetings. Uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline Project. Yeah. Uh, I remember attending public meetings here and consultations uh, with, with, again, visualizations, budgets, all sorts of things to get people some input into the project. This has had zero. Yeah. Yeah, and you, Very can, puzzling. you compare it to a lot of people have pointed out the Royal Alberta Museum, beautiful museum in Alberta, opened in 2018, took four years to build 375 million. So about a third of the cost, you know, for the total price tag of this project. Like, why? Half the construction timeline. Yeah. I mean, unreal. Let's go back to the phone lines and speak to Steve in Richmond. Hey, Steve, go ahead. It's interesting how uh, Keith just mentioned the word consultation when it came to museum and site C 
I remember there was consultation about the bridge in Richmond, and uh, the Liberals conveniently ignored it, and they paid the price for ignoring that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, you and you and Kevin seem to be hell-bent on getting this bridge built. How Try living under a bridge or living in proximity to a bridge and see how much you enjoy your $1 million or $2 million home being unundated with that road noise 24-7, 365. A tunnel makes well, sense for everybody. I mean- well, I don't know. I don't. The tunnel doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, you you can't put rapid transit through that tunnel, and you can't put a sky train through that tunnel. I mean, the bridge, the way the bridge was designed, you could put rapid transit over that thing in the future. It gave you lots well, of options going forward. There's rapid transit right next door. There's rapid transit to Richmond right now. Well, I mean, right now the Canada Line goes to Richmond. Well, yeah, but there's three stations there. But this is a rapidly growing part of the lower mainland, right? And you just think that okay, let's give ourselves some options here to grow further well, I'm, I'm, in the in the outlying years. Yeah, I, I've never been a huge fan of the tunnel option. I just find it sort of um, uh, nervous in the earthquake zone to go into that well, tunnel. Yeah. But I don't think the bridge idea was a well thought out idea. It was it was a massive bridge that was obliterating neighborhoods in Richmond. And again, you do the math politically, Richmond will get another seat down the road. The Liberals are not going to win Richmond if they stick to the bridge idea. Okay, we'll see. John in Vancouver. Hey, John, go ahead. Yeah, just about the price tag they're putting on this museum. Now, they're pricing that out in today's dollars. Mm-hmm. It anywhere near eight years, that is easily going to double in cost. To complete. Well, Certainly we- go. I mean, the inflation today was up. It's been announced, <laughs> you know, so um, I'm not sure. Again, we don't have any budgets associated with this. It was just a number in a press release. There's no rhyme or reason to it. So the caller is perfectly correct to assume it's going to be even higher. And our experience, as you know, Mike, having covered many projects of the, of the uh, from government, whether it's the NDP or the BC Liberal government, the announced price at the beginning nowhere near matches the price at the end, whether it's the BC Place Stadium refurbishment, the Vancouver Convention Center, pickup project, it all comes in higher than the original budgeted estimate. So 787 plus some bells and whistles, you're probably looking north of a billion dollars. Yeah, and the caller put his finger on something that I was wondering too when I first heard this number. I thought, are we talking $2022 dollars mm-hmm. or are we talking $2030 dollars at yep. the completion date? I mean, was that clarified at all this no, week? Nothing's been clarified. No. This yeah. is the whole point. There's been no clarification of anything. Yeah. Jock on the line in Parksville. Hi, Jock. Yeah, uh, yeah. listen, I, I disagree with the tunnel and bridge. I think, just remember, we'd be driving on that bridge this summer if they hadn't stopped it, and it was a lot less money than the tunnel. And the NDP are famous for really talking and not doing much because the only major project ever they've done in this province is the inland highway on the island, which was great, except it wasn't a freeway. It's a, it's a four-lane road, and not only that, they said they came on time on budget. Well, it was supposed to be a freeway, which they abandoned, and I don't think they're capable okay. of, of building any major project. Jock, thank you for the call. 30 seconds. Well, all governments of all stripes have built things in this province. I mean, Glenn Clark built the Millennium Line of the of SkyTrain. Uh, so, no, they, but the Liberals, you know, were in power for 16 years, and they built a lot of things. The NDP is continuing the construction of the Site C Dam, albeit at double the original cost. Again, <laughs> to my point, yeah. no, don't believe the initial budget estimate. It's going to be a lot higher when the final, all the bills are paid.